Hello, this is Elisel Rodriguez, and this is God of Christ podcast. Hope you're having a good week this Monday morning. Today we're going to be talking about <clears throat> a little bit more about what I was talking about last uh, last time, which was about Anthony Buzzard and his concept of the Logos and pretty much the Socinian, Fabianite kind of idea of the Logos and what it is. But I found some kind of interesting things about what Anthony Buzzard was saying about the Logos. I thought it was, which I thought was funny, because his argument was that in, when it's talking about he, that, that we should, when it says he for the Logos, that we shouldn't assume that that means that it's a person. And saying that it's it's a he, and so it should be an it, and 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 what the history was, and, and all of that. But then, when we go to the position or, or the place where he talks about the logos as uh, or the wisdom in Proverbs, he says that it's a female, that wisdom is a female, and that we need to, you know, it would be a problem to think that wisdom was. Jesus because it's a female. <clears throat> and I think that that's a hypocritical position. If you're going to say that we we don't have to look at this as being a he, it can be an it, and he wants to take that position and say, well, it can be an it or a he, depending on what, and then come over here to the wisdom side, where it's talking about the wisdom, and start saying, well, it's not the wisdom. Or it's, it, it can't be Jesus because it's a feminine word. Now, we know that feminine words uh, don't mean a thing. It's not like they're actually feminine. It's not like they're female, like they have that can be reproduced by any kind of female issue or that they're a, a gender of any kind. It's just the word is, that's the way the word is. Sophia. Is the word wisdom that's why it's feminine people name their children after this word I mean it's it's feminine but it doesn't mean it's a female and so when you use words there are lots of words that are going to be female that could be used for or feminine that could be used for in in this way kind of because of its it's it's uh, I guess his poetic situation but I just think that he should draw, gravitate away from that argument because he's doing the same thing. He's saying, don't assume that because it says he, that it should be a he or that, it's, that it should be an it. Um, but then he wants to be nitpicky about what it is in, in Proverbs. And so if you want to be nitpicky about it in Proverbs and say, well, it's a female, so it can't be Jesus. Then they could say, well, it's a, it's a he, so it can't be, not be a person. So just, it just seems to me like a hypocritical position to be taking, and it would be advisable, I would think, that he not take that kind of position. So something to think about. I'm sure he's not intending to sound or appear um, as, you know, as hypocritical, and that's not probably his his intention, but. I see it, and it's just something that I want to point out. So, <clears throat> so as we've been discussing, 
the logos being uh, and, and Anthony Buzzard and, and all of these Socinian um, people who have had this kind of view, we have to understand that there's a lot of denial that comes with the scripture for them. And so I've had some Unitarian, Socinian, Ebionite persons who have adjusted or adapted their view because they want to get, they want to be in the right perspective. They're trying, they're really trying. And I'm not saying that anybody who's who's doing this, even Anthony Buzzard, is not really trying to authentically understand the Bible. But I think that there's an issue there. There's a bias that we have to really come to terms with and just kind of see if we can edge that out a little bit. And so what it would be is 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 like so the the adaptation to uh, me arguing uh, that you know that that the logos is a, is the subject all the way up to 17 18 and that it's that we find out the name of the logos um, in 17 and and all of that is that a Socinian will adapt that and say okay well you've made a really good argument it is Jesus and they'll say well all the first chapter of John is about the human Jesus now and so the denial here that it, it brings them closer because they have to admit that it is a person it is Jesus but they're bringing it into a, a still a little bit of a error in that they're saying well it's it's about the human Jesus the whole time well there's a problem there if you're going to say that in verse 14 it says that this human Jesus who's this human turned into or became a human in verse 14 so if he was human since the beginning right since this beginning could be wherever somewhere's on earth or whatever it says that he became a human in verse 15 so how does a human become a human later on and so that's going to be problematic for the you know people who are adapting their belief system this way and then in verse 1 it says that this logos is a god or was a god and so it's telling you what kind of being it was. It is a God. And you have to understand, you have to think about how is it a God? And why is, was it a God? And what does that mean was a God? And so you have to come into this understanding. So yeah, sure, you can assume that it is a human person that's being discussed this whole thing, but it says that it was a God. And so therefore you have to explain how was it a God? If that's the human Jesus, how was the human Jesus a God? And um, and on from there. And so this is the point when I first was, you know, when I was a Trinitarian and I was doing my thing and I was getting uh, questioning the doctrine of the Trinity and I was moving away and gravitating away from uh, the doctrine of the Trinity and studying deeply the answers to the questions that I had. I kind of reached out to Anthony Buzzard and I, you know, really didn't get much of an answer back it's he kind of like brushed me off which was kind of weird but 
I'm sure he was busy. I'm sure there's lots of people that talked to him, but it was just an opportunity for him to jump on and kind of direct me and guide me. And since that didn't happen, I had to just move on with the rest of my understanding. But I thought he would be able to help me in this situation. So I was becoming or going towards uh, or gravitating towards Unitarianism and then or Socinianism. And then I got to this part where it says that the Logos is a God or was a God. And that's the part that I just couldn't get over. I had to say that this Logos was a God somehow. And not, not that I'm saying that there's a doctrine of the Trinity, because I feel like the doctrine of the Trinity has been thoroughly debunked in my mind at this point. But I still had to find an answer for why the Logos was a God. And so um, this is the sticking point. This is the sticking point. And I had to just admit, and it was difficult, but I had to admit, you know, he was a God. And so therefore it's talking about even John chapter one, verse 18, which is, I always go back to this verse because it's just so, it's just so important to me. It feels like it's just the most important verse in John chapter one to me. Um, and it, it says that, that, you know, no one has ever seen God at any time. The only born God who is in the bosom of the Father, he is revealing him. And it just revealed to me, well, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. And because he's the Son of God, he had the same, he was the same kind or form. You know, the example I normally give is that if I have a child, that child's going to be human. He's going to be what I am. He's not going to be me. He's not going to be one with me. He's going to be one of what I am. And so when we say as Arians, Jesus is the son of God, what we mean by that is that Jesus is the literal offspring of God. And that when he was born, he was born like his father, therefore making him a God. And that's the reality of to us how much Jesus really is a child of God. And if you pull, if you look at the Trinitarian version of this, it's Jesus has always existed. The Father has always existed. The Holy Spirit has always existed. The Father is the Son, the Father of Jesus, and Jesus is the Son of the Father, but they've always existed. And so to me, that seems like a denial of the fatherhood. Really, if no one has made Jesus or willed Jesus to come into existence, then he's not really anyone's child. And if I was born, or I'm sorry, not even born, if I existed and someone else who's part of me has always existed, like let's say Siamese twins or Siamese tri triplets, if we all have existed for the longest time forever and never been born, but we're all kind of related familially because we all join into this one thing as one being but tri-natured or whatever tri personified or whatever you want to call it then you're not the son of any of the other ones because you're technically brothers i mean you look at it that means that you're brothers so in the doctrine of the trinity that is a brotherhood, not a father and son relationship. And um, the Holy Spirit, why isn't the Holy Spirit a child as well or a son of or 
you know, in this scenario. I don't believe that that's um, actually the role of the Holy Spirit, but I'm trying to, you know, let's see why is not all these things equal. And um, it doesn't add up. And so in Trinitarianism, that's not a real father-son issue relationship. It's 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 um, it's only in word father and word son, but not in actuality. So for Arianism, there's an actual birth that the father actually willed the son to exist. He was born in the form of God, which is um, terminology from Philippians chapter two verse six says that he was born in the form of God, and so that I mean. That tells me that Jesus was a God. When I say that, everybody's going to be like, well, the Bible says there's only one God. It's true. There's only one God that's worthy to be worshipped. There's only one God that we worship. There's only one God of the church, and that's the Father. And so although I am calling Jesus and saying that Jesus is a God because he is a son of God and therefore a God like his Father, he is not the one God of the church. It's just he was born after his offspring of God, so therefore he's a God. The category of human has a child. That child is human. So use the word God in the same way that human is used in that term, in that scenario, by saying that the Father is God, as though if that's the name of his kind, then Jesus is also a God because of that. But he's not the one God of the church, and he's not. You know, um, but he's none, nonetheless a God because he's like his father. That doesn't mean that he is eternal, you know, omnipotent, omnipresent, all of those things. All of that power and authority doesn't transfer. He's just made like the father. That's why the father gives him all power, all authority, because it's something that he didn't just wasn't born with. Um, so it's just talking about kind. But in Socinianism, it's that Jesus was born as a human. And so Jesus was born as a human in Socinian terms, and he's a man, a special man, regardless of how high they want to revere him. He's still just a human. And so he's not literally the son of God. He's Someone that God made, not like God himself, but someone that he made that's human that he's calling a son. And so it's pretty much he's a son because God says and calls him son. But there's nothing any deeper than that. It's a very shallow sonship. It's a sonship because God chose to say that. And then that's, but it's not a reality. It's not like he was born after God's kind and that, all, all of that. And so the sonship for Socinianism is very shallow and it's just it's superficial. It's just a term. It's not actually a reality that he was born like his father, that you know his father is God and they're kind of the same kind. So it's uh anybody could be that. And, and so it, it kind of begs the question: how is Jesus the only begotten son? And uh and and I because there's going to be a lot of people that have been born that way that will become that way, but it doesn't answer why they're the only begotten son. So maybe we'll get into that here in a second. 
about why that's true, but in reality, why is that not an issue? So um, to sum up, in Trinitarianism, the fatherhood and the sonship is not real. It's based on nothing. They're literally brothers at that point. So in Trinitarianism, there's a brotherhood, possibly, but not a fatherhood and a sonship. If they use the words, if they want to use the words in that scenario, it's just words. It's not based on any kind of ex, you know, experiences that they've had. The father giving birth to the son or the son, all that. That's the problem with Trinitarianism. And, that in, and in that sense, I think that that's a denial of the fatherhood and the sonship. In Socinianism, it's a, sal it's a shallow sonship because Jesus is the son because he is just being called the son. He's not like he was like his father in any way or not like God himself. So that's the kind of sonship that that is. It's just like a branding or, or an adoption or, or something like that, but that he wasn't always, but then God chose him to be and so on and so forth. And in Arianism, it's different. It's different than both of them because it's way more in-depth to how real the sonship is. In Arianism, it's God the Father made a son after himself, this son being a God also. That's how real he was, a son. And it also makes sense that God would make his son, his actual child, his actual offspring first. No need to make anything else first. If God intends to make a child, I would make my child first. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't treat anything else the same, but I would make my child before I made, you know, the son or anything else, really. It's more important that I make my offspring than it is anything else. So it makes sense that he would be the first born. So the reality of the sonship, and why he's called the only begotten or the only born God or the only born son is because Jesus is the only one who's ever been born in the form of God. And so that's why it's, he's the only begotten son. He's the only one that was born like God. And so he's like the, the literal child of God. And so that's why it's the child of God. He's called the son of God. You know, you are, you know, he's like, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And they mean that, you know, how how real do you mean that he's a son of God? I'm saying he was born like God's kind that much. And so that's something to think about. Um, maybe we'll touch on some other stuff here in a second. But 